0: Joshua chapter 10 verse 1 Now it came to pass when Adonai Zedek, King of Jerusalem, heard how Joshua had taken Ai, and had utterly destroyed it, as he had done to Jericho and her king, so he had done to Ai and her king, and how the inhabitants of Gibeon had made peace with Israel, and were among them, too, that they feared greatly, because Gibeon was a great city, as one of the royal cities, and because it was greater than Ai, and all the men thereof were mighty. The king of Jerusalem, his name is Adonai Zedek. And Adonai means Master. It's also a name that we use for God. We call Jesus the Master. Jerusalem means righteousness. That's one of the reasons why Jerusalem later becomes the capital of Israel. And it's the place where Jesus was crucified. And it's also the place where he will return one day. And he will put his feet on Jerusalem. That's the city of righteousness, and that's why King David made his kingdom there. Adonai Zedek is a pagan, even though he has a great name, he does not love the Lord. But the men of Gibeon who made the covenant with Joshua, because they pretended that they were not from Canaan, those men were actually mighty warriors. Adonai Zedek sees this as losing a city, and so he's really upset. 3 Wherefore, Adonai Zedek King of Jerusalem, sent unto Hoham, king of Hebron, and unto Piram, king of Jarmuth, and unto Japhia, king of Lachish, and unto Deber, king of Eglon, saying, For come up. Unto me, and help me, and let us smite Gibeon, for it hath made peace with Joshua and with the children of Israel. They don't want to fight the Israelites. They're not brave enough to do that at this point, but they want to hurt Gibeon for becoming their friends. 5 Therefore the five kings of the Amorites, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jarmuth, the king of Lachish, the king of Eglon, gathered themselves together and went up, they and all their hosts, and encamped against Gibeon, and made war against it. 6. And the men of Gibeon sent unto Joshua to the camp to Gilgal, saying, Slack not thy hands from thy servants. Come up to us quickly and save us and help us, for all the kings of the Amorites that dwell in the hill country are gathered together against us. Since Gibeon has made an alliance with the Israelites, they have a right to ask for help. 7 So Joshua went up from Gilgal, he and all the people of war with him, and all the mighty men of valor. Now they are going to be protecting their servants, because the people in Gibeon are their servants. 8 And the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear them not, for I have delivered them into thy hand. There shall not a man of them stand against thee. The Lord has told Joshua ahead of time that he's going to win the battle. 9 Joshua therefore came upon them suddenly, for he went up from Gilgal all the night. He just steamrolled in without stopping. That must have really surprised them. Because here comes the train. Just when you are planning an attack, the train is already coming. 10 And the Lord discomfited them before Israel, which means he made them uncomfortable, and slew them with a great slaughter at Gibeon. Now it says the Lord, and this means the angels were fighting on Joshua's side. It wasn't just the Israelites, and they chased them by the way of the ascent of beth Haran and smote them to Azekah and unto Makedah, meaning that they killed people all the way to Azekah and Makedah. 11 And it came to pass as they fled from before Israel, while they were at the descent of Beth-Horan, that the Lord cast down great stones from heaven upon them unto Azekah. Azica and they died they were more who died in the hailstones than they whom the children of Israel slew in the sword this is how the lord did it i guess he didn't have angels fighting at the bottom but he had angels throwing hailstones or else he himself was just dropping hailstones 12 Then spoke Joshua to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel, and he said in the sight of Israel, Son, stand thou still upon Gibeon, and thou moon in the valley of Aijalon. Joshua, in great faith and in the name of the Lord, he is commanding the sun and the moon to stand still and to not move. He doesn't want to lose daylight. He knows it's going to take another 24 hours to finish this battle, so he commanded the sun and the moon to stand still. But it said, he said it to God, when we command things in great faith, and it's God's will, then we command the thing to do whatever, but we're also praying it to the Lord. Now I know that sounds kind of confusing, say i want to pray for healing for somebody then i will say jesus i humbly ask you to heal this person in your holy name and now i speak to their body and i tell their body to be healed in the name of jesus you're talking to god and you're talking to the problem at the same time but you always talk to god because he's the one with all the power i have no power whatsoever A lot of Christians today don't ask the Lord because they think that they are the one with the power. In order to make a prayer effective, I humble myself before the Lord. I don't talk like I am the one with all of the power and strength. 13. And the sun stood still, and the moon stayed, until the nation had avenged themselves of their enemies. Is not this written in the book of Jashar? And the sun stayed in the midst of heaven, and hasted not to go down about a whole day. For a whole day the sun stood in one spot, because normally throughout the day the sun moves in its course, and then you know it goes down, finally. When Joshua spoke to the sun in the name of the Lord, it didn't move, and the moon didn't move either. We lost a day in time. 14 And there was no day like that, before it or after it, that the Lord hearkened unto the voice of a man, for the Lord fought for Israel. Never before or after has the Lord allowed a man to command the sun and the moon to stand still. That's only happened once in history. But the Lord honored Joshua's request because it was a good request in the Lord's will. He just needed light to keep fighting, and the Lord wanted him, and had already said that he would win the battle. It's only God's words that are effective. So when we pray according to his will, that's his words. Even though it is not written in the Bible that so and so should be healed, if it is God's will for them to be healed, and I believe and I pray, then I am speaking God's words and that is why they get healed. But when we pray for wanton things that we just want to puff up our flesh and to feel prideful, he won't answer those prayers because those aren't in his will. 15 And Joshua returned and all Israel with him unto the camp to Gilgal. They went back home because the battle was over. 16 And these five kings fled and hid themselves in the cave at Makeda. 17 And it was told Joshua, saying, The five kings are found hidden in the cave at Makeda. Isn't that embarrassing? They were so afraid that these kings went and hid themselves because they didn't think that their own men could protect them. 18 And Joshua said, Roll great stones unto the mouth of the cave, and set men by it to keep them they locked them in 19 but stay not ye pursue after your enemies and smite the hindmost of them suffer them not to enter into their cities for the Lord your God hath delivered them into your hand Joshua is telling his men continue pursuing the enemy and kill them all the way so that they can't even go back home 20. And it came to pass when Joshua and the children of Israel had made an end of slaying them with a very great slaughter, till they were consumed, and the remnant which remained of them had entered into the fortified cities. Some people did escape back into their cities, but not many. 21. That all the people returned to the camp to Joshua at Maqueda in peace. None wetted his tongue against any of the children of Israel. Nobody said anything disrespectful to the children of Israel. Israel is now experiencing peace because all of these five cities are terrified of them. 22 Then said Joshua, Open the mouth of the cave, and bring forth those five kings unto me out of the cave. They had rolled a boulder over the mouth of the cave so that the kings couldn't get out, and now they are unrolling it. 23 And they did so, and brought forth those five kings unto him out of the cave. The king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jarmuth, the king of Lachish, the king of Eglon. 24 And it came to pass, when they brought forth those kings unto Joshua, that Joshua called for all the men of Israel, and said unto the chiefs of the men of war that went with him, Come near, put your feet upon the necks of these kings. And they came near, and put their feet upon the necks of them. That is humiliation. 25 And Joshua said unto them, Fear not, nor be dismayed, be strong, and of good courage, for thus shall the Lord do to all your enemies against whom ye fight. Now he's using this as a word picture to tell the people, This is what will happen to all your enemies. Your foot will be on all of their necks. And we have heard fear not, nor be dismayed, be strong, and of good courage several times. God told it to Moses and Joshua, and now Joshua is telling it to his men. 26, And afterward Joshua smote them, and put them to death, and hanged them on five trees, and they were hanging upon the trees until the evening. Because you are cursed when you are on a tree, you can never stay there overnight, or it will defile the land. And as always, they get killed before they get hung. God is not into torture. 27 And it came to pass at the time of the going down of the sun that Joshua commanded, and they took them down off the trees and cast them into the cave, wherein they had hidden themselves, and laid great stones on the mouth of the cave unto this very day. They sealed them up. And you'll notice that whenever evil people die, they have stones over their grave, and that's to seal them up so that the land won't be defiled, so that even the animals can't dig them up. It's covering evil, in a very literal way. 28 And Joshua took Makeda on that day, and smote it with the edge of the sword, and the king thereof, he utterly destroyed them, and all the souls that were therein. He left none remaining, and he did to the king of Makeda as he had done unto the king of Jericho. Because Makeda was a pagan city, and it had housed these five kings, let them hide in that cave, Makeda got destroyed. 29 And Joshua passed from Makeda, and all Israel with him, unto Libna, and fought against Libna. 30 And the Lord delivered it also, and the king thereof, into the hand of Israel, and he smote it with the edge of the sword, and all the souls that were therein, he left none remaining in it, and he did unto the king thereof, as he had done unto the king of Jericho. Now they have taken the city of Libna. Doing unto Makeda and Libna as he did unto Jericho means that both of those cities were devoted, every single person died. 31 And Joshua passed from Libna, and all Israel with him, unto Lachish, and encamped against it, and fought against it. Now he's going and taking Lachish, which is one of the cities of one of those kings. 32 And the Lord delivered Lachish into the hand of Israel, and he took it on the second day, and smote it with the edge of the sword, and all the souls that were therein, according to all that he had done to Libna. So another devoted city. Joshua is really on a roll. He is devoting lots of cities just one after another, without any rest. This is causing a lot of terror among the pagans. And he is cleaning the land. And this is because of faith. And this is how we drive out demons from our lives, is by faith. 33 Then Horam, king of Gezer came up to help Lachish, and Joshua smote him and his people until he had left him none remaining. 34 And Joshua passed from Lachish and all Israel with him unto Eglon, and they encamped against it and fought against it. 35 And they took it on that day, and smote it with the edge of the sword. And all the souls that were therein he utterly destroyed that day according to all that he had done to Lachish. Gezer is gone, which wasn't one of the five cities, but also Eglon is gone, which was one of the five cities. So two of those five cities are destroyed plus several others. 36 And Joshua went up from Eglon, and all Israel with them unto Hebron, and they fought against it. 37. And they took it and smote it with the edge of the sword, and the king thereof, and all the cities thereof, and all the souls that were therein, he left none remaining, according to all that he had done to Eglon. But he utterly destroyed it, and all the souls that were therein. All of these cities are getting devoted. Hebron was also, that's the third city of the five kings that's now been destroyed. 38. And Joshua turned back, and all Israel with him to Debor, and fought against it. 39 And he took it, and the king thereof, and all the cities thereof, and they smote them with the edge of the sword, and utterly destroyed all the souls that were therein. He left none remaining, as he had done to Hebron. So he did to Deborah, and to the king thereof, as he had done also to Libna, and to the king thereof. 40 So Joshua smote all the land, the hill country, and the south, and the lowland, and the slopes, and all their kings. He left none remaining, but he utterly destroyed all that breathed, as the Lord, the God of Israel, commanded every city in the hills, the south, the lowlands, and the slopes, which is the valleys, all of those cities were completely devoted. 41 And Joshua smote them from Kadesh Barnea, even unto Gaza, and all the country of Goshen, even unto Gibeon. You know how people say that the Gaza Strip doesn't belong to the Israelites? Well it sure did in Joshua's time. 42 And all these kings in their land, did Joshua take it one time, because the Lord, the God of Israel, fought for Israel. That means they only won because God was fighting for them, and for no other reason. If it weren't for God, they wouldn't have won. 43. And Joshua returned and all Israel with him into the camp to Gilgal. And that concludes Joshua chapter 10.